from the WIA. This is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. This is WIA National News for the week March the 28th, 2010. Hi, I'm Robert, VK3DN. And I'm Brian, VK3HXR. Hello, Robert. Hello, Brian. Hello, listeners. Hey, it's been some time. It has been. Now, what's new? What's new in your world? I'm actually uh, studying for my upgrade, so there won't be a H call for very much longer. My uh, renewal comes through, I guess it's May from memory, and uh, I'm committed to making sure that there's no more HXR after May. Fantastic. Good luck to me, if the listeners care. Well, you'll have a new call sign, and that will be fantastic. Good work, Brian. Thank you. Okay, you've got the first story. I certainly do. A hundred years on from the first military wireless message. Today, Sunday 28th of March, is the centenary of the first military wireless message sent here in Australia. The credit for this operation goes to Lieutenant George Taylor, the same George Taylor, who a couple of weeks earlier had shared the meeting of the wireless experimenters from which came the beginnings of the WIA. The military exercise took place near Helensburg, which is on the southern edge of Sydney. Two stations were set up, one of which at what is now Vino Reserve. The object was for the forward station, B, set up in a cave, to report the movements of an imaginary enemy back to HQ at A, which was in a tent near Vino. Over two days they tried various combinations of spark-based equipment, To add to their troubles, it rained. About to pack up, they tried again with the equipment outside the cave, and this time, success. The story has been written up at various intervals over the years, the latest in the Engadine District News for the 16th of March. It's been passed on to us by Barry VK2FP, and the report goes on to say that the Heathcote RSL sub-branch will be holding a special presentation at Vino Reserve today, March the 28th. Fantastic. Another good historical news story. Yes, and get along there if, uh, if you're in the area. Ah, speaking of getting along. Listeners, I've heard a, uh, a little birdie told me that if you get along to the WIA celebrations this year in Canberra, there might be something special to see. Robert, did you know that I knew that the, they knew? That, that, uh, did you know that uh, I knew? that About the tour? Yes, the tour. Yeah, well, the tour didn't quite make it into the uh, advertising brochure that went into uh, the AR magazine. Well, thank you for putting the extra effort in to make sure that it happened. Well... That's right. And, well, thank, thanks to the people who are actually helping us to make it happen. Well, we did this at Parks. We went inside the Parks radio telescope and showed our members things that they would not normally get to see. I'm sure people have been to Canberra and marvelled at the Black Mountain Communications Tower and wondered just what is inside. Well, all will be revealed for the people who are coming to the AGM weekend of activities in Canberra, the centenary activities. That's a special opportunity, isn't it? It will be very, very special. Done it at Parks, doing it at Black Mountain Communications Tower. Done it at Parks, doing it at Black Mountain. Let's see where we go next time. We'll have to wait and see. (laughs) All right, hams across Australia in VK1 and the VK1 local news. Reminder that you can send an email to broadcast at vk1.wia.ampr.org and ask for a subscription. The CRARC, well, they're in a little bit of strife. They've come to the point that the club has run out of storage for its collection of equipment, which is currently spread across several locations. So what does this mean? Well, quite simply, that the club is looking for storage. And for its two Wyson trailers, several dozen antennas, some coax, some portable repeaters, racks and some other items. In short, it's about two car garages worth. 
and it needs to be accessible 24 by 7, have power, be secure, obviously, and lastly, but not leastly, it needs to be cheap. So, if you have such a facility or you know of one, then please contact the committee with details. That's committee at crarc.ampr.org. Now to VK2, the Westlake's Mini Field Day will be held Sunday, May 30, and the gates open 9am. As in the past, quality items are welcome for the auction. Wyson Northern Region AGM on April 11 will be held at the Lismore Workers Club from 2pm. Member subs of $15 are now due, so renew, rejoin as soon as possible. Please send your subs to the Secretary. Several members of the St George Amateur Radio Society have travelled to the Mount Bindo repeater site near the Janolan Caves. They replaced the batteries and carried out some general maintenance, including cutting the grass around the repeater hut. It was found that the repeater's controller board was faulty and had been locking the repeater on and running down the battery. Hopefully the maintenance will keep this 30-plus-year-old repeater going for a little longer. Thanks to the people who do all the hard work. That's right. Indeed. Okay, in VK4 Q News, the Clareview Gathering is a yearly event where radio amateurs meet on the spot on the coast between Rockhampton and Mackay to relax, talk radio, re-establish acquaintances and participate in the world-renowned Saturday Night Mega Auction. It's one of the main revenue raisers for the Rockhampton and District Amateur Radio Club and the Mackay Amateur Radio Club. The Clareview Gathering is so popular that on-site accommodation is booked out years in advance. So if you want to go, you'll have to either camp, caravan or motorhome over the weekend. For further details, contact Don Wilczewski, VK4BY of the Radar Club. VK4BY at wia.org.au Now to VK5, South Coast Amateur Radio Club are holding a photo expo on Antarctica by Graham, VK5GCT, on the 31st of March at 7.30pm local. Graham Thomas has recently returned from his expedition, still partly frozen, to the Antarctic and has put together a tremendous presentation of his travels throughout the region. You're invited to this premiere event and screening, and if you like, you can bring in friends and family for free as well on the night. Held at the SCARC Clubroom, 16 Roberts Road, Hackham. That should be a good night, Brian. Very cool. Very cool, Very given cool. that you and I are both into photography. And very you know, cool because it's Antarctica. <laughs> Indeed it is. Okay, down to VK7 where it also gets a little cool. Yes, it does. The Cradle Coast Amateur Radio Club providing comms coverage for the Kentish Endurance Riders on March the 13th. Whilst they encountered some fog on the road near Sheffield while travelling to make the 6am meet-up time, it later on improved to a warm day with some cloud cover. The event had 77 riders doing 80-kilometre stages and approximately 45 riders doing the 40-kilometre event. There were five checkpoints, one of which was being used three times. No wonder that Keith, VK7KW, ran out of printed writing paper. Hi, hi. Radio coverage was over a 15-kilometre radius and was good, with base able to contact all checkpoints using simplex to metre frequency. The Kentish Endurance Riders were extremely pleased with the service that was provided and look forward to next year's event. Now here's some ACMA news. Re-register now to avoid telemarketing calls. The ACMA reminds people that it's time to re-register for the Do Not Call Register for people who signed up in 2007 when it was begun, like me. 
This will ensure you do not get any unwanted telemarketing calls. Registrations for the Do Not Call Register are valid for three years. Anyone who signed up when the service was launched should re-register now to maintain protection from unwanted marketing calls. More than 4.3 million home, mobile and VoIP numbers are now listed on the Do Not Call Register. It's fast, free and easy. Simply call 1300 792 958 or go to www.donotcall.gov.au and I didn't know that mobile and VoIP numbers were covered. I'll have to add mine. Very good. Very good service. And another very good service is the Education, Youth and Advancement of Amateur Radio. Now, here's a story, Brian. How about this? An eight-year-old, an eight-year-old, mind you, receives a Ham Radio DXCC certificate. NC1L Awards Manager reports that an eight-year-old William Ferguson, KJ4EYZ, was formally presented with his DXCC certificate at a Virginia DX Century Club meeting on March the 16th. His achievement makes him the youngest full member of the VADXCC and one of the youngest members of the DX Century Club. On an added note, William's 10-year-old sister, Carissa, KJ4EZA, has 82 countries worked and the DXCC expect to be hearing from her shortly. To see William's presentation, go to the link provided in the text edition of this new service. Eight... And 10 years old. That's phenomenal. Goes to show you, it's a contact sport without the contact, so to speak. Indeed. Contact as many as you can. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Now to VK1, Foundation Course and Assessments, a very small roll-up for this month's Foundation Licence course, with only two participants on the day, despite there being numerous inquiries in the preceding months. On the Sunday, a total of four candidates, two for the foundation, one for the standard and one for the practical only. The candidates for the standard and practical were successful. Unfortunately, one candidate failed the foundation theory but passed the practical. Good luck to the next time round. CRARC's next foundation assessment weekend is scheduled for May 15th and 16th. Now to VK2. Richard, VK2 FRMA, has successfully passed his advanced licence exam and is awaiting his new call sign. Hopefully it will be VK2 CRA. Richard doesn't believe in letting the grass grow under his feet. So congratulations, Richard. And just like Richard, persons around Westlakes wishing to study for either their standard or advanced class licence are asked to contact the Westlake Secretary as soon as possible. Come on, Foundation Calls, here's your chance to study for your upgrade under expert tutoring. As advised, classes will be held on Saturday afternoons at the Westlakes Amateur Radio Club classroom. To find out more about Westlakes Amateur Radio Club or Amateur Radio in general, leave a message on their 24-hour voice mailbox on 02495815888. And in VK3, don't forget the EMDRC Standard Advanced Upgrade Course. This course starts just after Easter on Saturday afternoons from 2pm to 5pm and is run by Jonas, VK3 Victor Fox. This annual course has been running for many years and has helped over 100 radiometers get up onto the band. So if you're interested, send an email to learning at emdrc.com.au. 
Now, Brian, down to VK7. Yes, in VK7, if you want to become an amateur, if you're a non-amateur or a shortwave listener living in the northwest or west coast of Tasmania and would like to become a licensed amateur radio operator, then get along to a meeting and find out about this interesting hobby. If you cannot make a meeting but would still like to find out more, then contact the learning facilitator, Keith Winkler, VK7KW, or any of the committee members. Full contact details are available on their website, which can easily be found by checking out the CCARC Tasmania on the WAA Club section at waa.org.au. Announcing a QRP contest for the centenary. The VK QRP Club is sponsoring a new commemorative contest that should have very wide appeal and be a lot of fun too. The WIA Centenary QRP Contest is open to all radio amateurs, whether they be foundation, standard or advanced licensees with the aim of encouraging interest in the use of low-level transmit power. For the entire UTC month of May, the contest will be on the 80 metre and 40 metre bands using either CW, AM or SSB. It's hoped that a lot of stations will be calling CQWIA Centenary QRP Contest. The rules will be published in the April edition of Amateur Radio Magazine and on the WIA website. This has been Ralph Parkhurst, VK3 Lima Lima, on behalf of the WIA National News. Now some unfortunate news on a silent key. Baby blindness pioneer Arnold Pat's XWA3EVC. Dr. Arnold Patz, an ophthalmologist who discovered and eliminated a major cause of blindness in premature infants, passed away from heart disease on March 11. He was 89 years old. In 1954, Patz proved that treating premature babies with pure oxygen could destroy their eyesight. At the time, this was the most common cause of blindness in premature infants. Although the new understanding came too late for thousands of people who were made blind by oxygen, including the singer Stevie Wonder, it undoubtedly saved many more from a similar fate. Pats operated a ham radio from his home on behalf of the Maryland Eye Bank. According to his nephew Sam, Pats erected an 80-foot tower in his home and became known to amateurs across the country for putting out the word on the airwaves whenever corneas were needed for transplant. Read more at the ARRL Stories webpage. In international news, with thanks to RSGB Southgate Amateur Radio Club and the ARRL, the RNW sends radio stations in a box to Chile. Radio Netherlands Worldwide is sending two complete mobile radio stations to the Chilean broadcaster Radio Universidad Técnica Federico Santa Maria. This will enable two of its partner stations in the coastal region of Mal to resume their broadcast as quickly as possible. This is the region that was seriously affected by the earthquake on February 27th. The mobile radio station, often called Radio in a Box, is specifically built to be used temporarily in countries where radio stations are forced off the air by natural disasters. Each station is less than a cubic metre in size and is equipped with an FM transmitter, mixer, microphones, a CD player and a laptop computer. Radio Netherlands Worldwide has previously sent such stations following the earthquakes in Indonesia in September 2009 and Haiti this past January. Kind of sounds like a contesting box or a, or a portable box for us, That's doesn't right, it? That's right, an emergency communications box. A good idea at that. Okay, on to regional conference on amateur radio in 2010. The regional conference on amateur radio will be held on April the 4th to the 5th in Doha, state of Qatar, and it will be the biggest regional symposium on amateur radio in the Middle East in 2010. 
The conference is organised by the Quatar Amateur Radio Society, or QARS, jointly with the International Amateur Radio Union. So far, the kind invitation from Quas Chairman H.E. Abdullah bin Hamad Alataya, A7IAU, has been accepted by a number of IARU societies in the Middle East, as well as one from Region 3, together with the telecoms regulators and administrators from the GCC area. Participation is also expected from ITU officials as well as local Qatar officials. The program consists of presentations on regulatory issues, preparation for the WRC-12, amateur radio emergency and disaster communication, national regulations of amateur radio in the GCC states combined with panel discussions and workshops with the aim to assist in building and maintaining good working relationships between the national regulators and the amateur radio societies. More information in the text edition of the News Service. Now it's time for... Weird and Wonderful. Up to 250 watts harvested from your shock absorbers. All you mobilers could be generating enormous amounts of energy as you hit those bumps. Hi, hi. In a recent study, mechanical engineers from State University of New York have designed and tested a retrofit regenerative shock absorber that recovers a vehicle's vibrational energy. The researchers built a half-scale prototype of the regenerative shock absorber and demonstrated its ability to harvest 2 to 8 watts of power during a typical driving condition at a speed of about 45 miles an hour. They predict that a full-scale system on a four-wheel car should be able to recover up to 256 watts under these driving conditions. The researchers predict the ability to harvest approximately 64 watts per wheel for a total of about 250 watts for a four-wheel car, the value increasing considerably when the system is used on irregular roads. Perfect for Australia. It was found that the power regenerated is proportional to the square of the magnetic flux across the coils, consequently increasing the flux by two quadruples the peak power output. A link for more information in the text edition of the WAA News Service. Hello listeners, this is Peter Harding. We're looking at updating the VK Ham website data for all the repeaters in the VK mainland and P29. Following from my request last week, I've received some emails from clubs and individuals to update their repeater data. Do you have a repeater under your control? then I would ask you to send a message to repeaters at vkham.com with your repeater information. This data will also be used to update the main WIA database. If you log on to the link www.wiaq.com forward slash repeaters.htm This page represents the type of data we're looking at including on the new pages. Of course, the main and absolutely accurate site is our own wia.org.au. That is, if we have your correct data. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Operational News, Special Events and On-Air Contest Column Dateline, 2010. On the April the 24th, it's the Harry Angel Memorial Sprint. On April the 30th to May the 6th, it's the Westlakes CQ Repeater Contest. On May the 8th, it's the WIA VK Trans-Tasman 80 metre phone. On May the 15th and 16th, it's the NZART Sangster Shield. 
June the 12th sees the WIA VK Trans Tasman 160m phone. June the 12th to the 13th again, it's the WIA Worked All VK Shires contest. On June the 19th to the 20th, it's the WIA Winter VHF UHF Field Day. For more information, check out the contest's pages on the WIA website. And some more information on the 2010 NZART Sangster Shield QRP CW contest. Saturday the 15th and Sunday the 16th of May 2010, from 2000 to 2300 hours New Zealand Standard Time each evening. 80 metres and CW only. The contest was established in 1927 at the time the late Mr Ralph Sangster presented to the radio amateurs of New Zealand the trophy known as the Sangster Shield for annual competition to be won by the most efficient station. It is pertinent to note... Not only did the efficiency of the station be taken into account, but also the efficiency of the operator concerned. The terms of the gift of the trophy were that the competition was to be conducted on the 80-metre band using input power of not more than 5 watts and to be solely restricted to Morse. Special event calls, Repeater Beacon, DX and Net Advice. Ogasawa Island's D-Expedition. Four amateur radio operators, Ted, K8AQM, JD1BNM, Brian KG8CO, JD1BNJ, Steve K8QKY, JD1BNQ, and Stan AC8W, JD1BNK, have activated Chichijima Island, that's AS031, and will be on the air until April the 12th. The team is active in CW SSB Ritty on 160-6 metres and their operational is planned just like this. JD1BNJ, he'll be on the air on Ritty and PSK31 only. JD1BNK, mostly CW on all bands. JD1BNM, mostly CW on the low bands. And JD1BNQ, mostly HF and 6 metres. The QSL manager for all calls will be K8AQM. He confirms QSLs direct via the Bureau and, as well, Logbook of the World. Broadcast monitoring, shortwave listening and scanner news. Radio Sweden will terminate its medium and shortwave broadcasts this October 31st in favour of web services, with Swedish radio management stating that it is the best use of resources and in line with international trends. The English language service is to continue on the web and on national broadcasts. Swedish radio's output in immigrant languages will be available on the web and broadcast nationally. Their website is www.sr.se slash rs slash English. Intruder Watch, Enforcement Zone, and a reminder that the Region 3 IARUMS coordinator is Peter Young, VK3 Mike Victor. Now the amateur exclusive frequencies, where any non-amateur signal is definitely an intruder, is in the amateur HF spectrum worldwide. The amateur HF spectrum worldwide is 7.050 MHz to 7.1, 14.0 MHz to 14250, 14250 to 14350, 21.0 MHz to 21.45, 24.89 to 24.99, and 28.0 to 29.7. Now, the IARU Region 2 Intruder Watch team are reporting that some pirate signals might be coming from our neck of the woods. 
Although we've had no reports from the Region 3 team, our Aussie intruder team, it would seem that according to the Region 2 guys that the Indonesian pirates are still very active on our bands, particularly at 21 megahertz. They've found them daily at 21.030 in upper side band from 0900 to, 1, uh, to 1200 UTC and later. The location, area of Sumatra and Java. Another group was active on 21.388 in lower side band. Talking to them is a waste of time. Use the frequencies for ham traffic. Put a CQ over the top of them. That's, That's the way to do it. That's it. The Q News Workbench, the Nuts and Volts Report, measure twice, cut once, and here we have Jim Linton with an illuminating report. Super fast wireless connections may be just a flip of a switch away. Oh no, this is not a relaunch of the spectrum polluting broadband over power lines but rather researchers believing that household lights could one day carry a broadband signal. None other than the Heinrich Hertz Institute in Germany, and we all remember that Hertz proved the existence of radio waves in 1887. Now, scientists at the centre, which honours his name, are experimenting with visible light as a possible alternative to the already crowded radio spectrum. The German scientists had initially been able to dramatically increase the bandwidth available from light-emitting diodes lighting to achieve a download rate of 100 megabits per second. In an announcement at the recent Optical Fiber Communications Conference and Expo in San Diego, California, the scientists claimed a 230 megabits per second throughput, a record for visible wireless using commercial LEDs. What a bright idea, one that surely Heinrich Hertz himself would be proud. I'm Jim Linton, VK3PC, and you're listening to VK1WIA. And thank you, Jim. Now, Media Watch, with a list of the groups presenting this WIA National News Service for the coming few weeks. Today's uh, March the 28th, that's me and Robert. April the 4th, that's next week, it's uh, VK3DN, VK3HXR, that's us again. That's us again. And on the 11th of April, it's VK3DN, VK3HXR, that's That's us again. What have they done to deserve this, Robert? And then after that, to VK7, on the Anzac weekend, that's 25th of April, it's going to the Reese team, followed by the CRARC team in VK1 on May the 23rd. That's the week before the celebrations. May 30th for VK100 WIA. We're going to be doing it live from a park in Canberra. With the directors of the WIA for a special outside broadcast. It will be very special. (laughs) Looking forward to hearing it. Yes. Looking forward to waking up very early in the morning to do that one too. All the prep work and the cabling and the microphones and the desks oh and the- yes won't it be fun it'll be good Looking it'll be very it. good okay worldwide special interest groups atv where every pixel tells a story french speaking number station a youtube video shows an unusual number station because it's in french number stations are believed to send messages to spies the youtube video describes it Enigma 2000 member Hands alerted the group to a new number station on 13.420 saying that it's been active since 0742 Zulu. This station was passing French numbers. Its family resemblance to the Russian number 1 stations such as E06 and G06 was clear right from the start. Further surprises were in store and this video documents them for you. Please see the link in the text edition of the news Service to view the YouTube video. 
And Worldwide Special Interest Group's Digital, where the Australian coordinator for TCPIP domains is Indy, VK2XB at wia.org.au. A new version of SDRradio.com has been released. Yes, a new version of the SDRradio.com has been released by developer Simon Brown, HB9DR. This is a Windows console for software-defined radios developed specifically for amateur radio and shortwave listener communities and provides a powerful interface for a rapidly growing number of SDR enthusiasts. This software is free and can be downloaded from www.sdr-radio.com. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Naval, the Royal Naval Amateur Radio Society, was formed in 1960 and to celebrate the 50th anniversary, a special call sign GB50RNARS is being aired by members of the society throughout the year. Up to now, already over 1,700 contacts have been made with stations, including many here in VK. During April, the call sign will be used from the Bridge Wireless Office of HMS Belfast. Listen out for it. We will. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. Now, Scouts visit VK2 Whiskey India. Some 25 Scouts and Guides and their drivers had recently paid a visit to the VK2 Whiskey India site at Dural. They were given a tour of the transmission facilities and then to the shed, where Mark VK2 XOF and Tim VK2 ZTM demonstrated equipment ranging from World War II to the present day. The background to amateur radio and licensing was fully explained, and a couple of the scouts showed some interest. Perhaps they too may become future radio amateurs. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio, Wyson, Tasmania, South. Wyson is again providing safety checkpoints for the southern Tasmania endurance riders in the Woodstock area of the Huon Valley. The ride happens today, Sunday 28th of March, between Keuda, Woodstock and Signet. A network consisting of base and five checkpoints has been established for the day and a super sausage sizzle is cooking all the while. In fact, it's running continuously at Woodstock. You're more than welcome to pop along and see Wyson South. Look for the tall mast among the horse floats at Woodstock, five kilometres from the Hewenville Bridge towards Signet at the Palverada Road Junction. More information, tas.wyson.org.au. And now it's time for the social scene in 2010, where we tell you a little bit about what's going on when and where. On April the 3rd, 4th and 5th, here in VK3, it's the Midland Amateur Radio Club's Radio and Electronic Astronomy Expo. It's at the Old Fire Station building at 52 View Street in Bendigo. Then on June the 12th in VK2, it's the Oxley Region Amateur Radio Club's 35th Annual Field Day. And on June the 17th, here in VK3 again, it's the GG... REC Hamfest starting at 10 hundred hours. Well, that's all. That's all we have this week, Brian. That's it. We, indeed. Well, it's good to be here. Indeed. And thank you for uh, joining me. And uh, we look forward to catching up with the listeners again next week. Thank you for having me. And thank you to Graham for the opportunity. I hope he's enjoying his break. And uh, thanks to everybody who's contributing and all those who uh, voice the stories yeah. every week. That's right. And we report it. You decide. We've reported. You decide. <laughs>